0: All right, guys, I'm live with my brand new co-host, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that way, doesn't it? Because we've we've been like I mean we've been missing each other, it seems well, like and what's funny is it's not
1: like we took a break. We just we've just been streaming and just we've just been missing is what's what's happened. So um, yeah. but uh it goes that way sometimes, you know. Life is an unpredictable and complicated thing. So um what have you been into lately, Nick? I haven't. This is the first time you and I have spoken since the last time we were on the stream together. What when was that?
0: Yeah. Was that back in June? I have no idea. I don't keep track of time. I but anyway, it but it it's been good. I I've, I some family came from out of state to visit us, which was great. Haven't seen a long time cuz COVID, and now we're going to be talking about products that intrigue us since you guys were intrigued why we've been missing. Uh my website's been down for like I don't know, a few days. I, it's been awful. I've been trying to get that back up and running and I'm not sure what's going on with that. But Justin, what about you, man? Come on, talk to us. I, oh, I had, be, I'm going to be talking about you later.
1: It's been, it's been interesting. I, uh, uh the night that I missed, I was a, um, I, 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 it was a health issue. I had some kind of allergic reaction. Um, and, uh, and I broke out in a rash and my throat started feeling tight and I thought, I'd better run to the hospital and get some ephedrine if my throat's feeling tight. And uh, I think what I had was an adverse reaction to a COVID vaccine. No, oh. um, and I wasn't I wasn't asphyxiating. It was just uh, the rash caused acid reflux, uh, and, and and that irritated my throat. And that's that's why last week my throat was so scratchy and I had a hard time getting through the uh, through the stream. So. Um, but that was interesting. So it looks like I might be that one in a thousand or one in 10,000 that has an unpleasant reaction to a COVID vaccine.
0: Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Scott for saying that. And guys, by the way, it has been so good to be able to be back with each other. We're glad that Justin is healthy again. And the stream last week went really well. It was really cool. And it was really great to be able to see, um, Blake on there, uh, Blake Brockhouse. That was really cool. And oh, there he is right there. Super fun to be on the show last week. And it was great having you. Thank you for doing that. I'm so glad that that uh, everything worked out. My, my company showed up a a day early or a day earlier than I was expecting, at least. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm looking in the chat and I, chat, and I see uh, some names that I recognize. There's Stu's custom. Uh, Stu's been sharing with me some pictures of the things he's been working on. He just finished a really nice, like center console for those old big box Chevy cars uh, to hold like a double din touchscreen. And uh, and he does some really good work. And I see a name I've never seen before: the Car Truth Report. Who waved hello at the group? I like that. And I like that name
0: um so let's go ahead and get started talking so we have throughout this time that we haven't been able we, we really haven't been communicating a lot with each other and we've come up with like some really cool things that we've been seeing that we haven't really got to share even with each other so i think it's gonna be cool because we're going to be talking about things that maybe each other doesn't know a lot about and what something that i think you guys may not know a lot about as well now just was really excited about sharing one so i said he could go first so, Justin, you go first. Tell and, me what it is that you want to and share. And the main thing
1: is, you know, when, when Nick and I compared our notes and, and talked about ideas before the show, Nick said audio items that are really interesting or cool or intrigue us and maybe not things we've tried before, maybe things we want to try out, things we've seen that we're like, hey, we got to have that. And, um, I, and so I, I went off script. I violated the the rules. I'm going to share a non audio item. Let me see if I can share my screen real quick here.
0: Rule breaker. Uh, That's that's
1: what I do. I'm just going to go rogue and try something new. So I think that should get it shown real quick. So y'all know that I've got a new table saw and I love it because the surface of the saw is just so huge. But now that I've got a new table saw, all the like custom jigs and, um, uh, cross-cut sleds and stuff that I've made are all now useless. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen this on YouTube, and I've seen it on various woodworking places, and seen the parts in stores and online. This is a company called MicroJig that make those gripper push blocks that I use. This is a, a system they designed and they sell you the parts for it. It's basically a sled. And I think this picture right here that I'm hovering over really kind of, really kind of tells what, what it is. You make, um, you use a dovetail router bit and you cut a bunch of hopefully straight lines in it. And then you can take the fence and, and make a fence and with some grooves in it and, and arrange the fence any way you want.
0: Now, if, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off here for a second because I'm not mistaken. They're not straight lines in there. It's it's actually uh, now now I lost my train of thought. But it's it's there's actually a groove underneath those lines so that you can right, use right.
1: A It's yeah. it's cut with a dovetail bit. Um, gotcha. And and the lines are you know it's 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 V shaped like a dovetail bit. And what's really cool is in this picture right here, they've got um, these dovetail clamps that slide in. So you don't even need to like build the fence thing. You can just use those dovetail clamps. And so if you need to like cut a taper on something, and I'm thinking if I wanted to make a subwoofer box with a little bit of an angle to it on the front, you just put this thing on, put that down on your sled, um, adjust it so it's just perfect, clamp it down, and you're off and running. And you know, you can take a pretty big table slaw, but saw sl- slaw. <laughs> a big table full of slaw. There you go. And so that is the thing that I'm kind of into. Jeff's got it right. It's either a T-TAC or a dovetail. So it's just a dovetail thing. And you got these cool dovetail clamps. I think they're kind of expensive for what you get. But when you buy all the parts for 60, 70, 80, 90 bucks and spend two days of getting the jig just right, you can cut just about anything you want on this well, thing.
0: I mean, I mean, the thing with this that makes this so nice is when you're you get a new table saw you can still reuse everything that you have or if your jig should screw up or you put a new blade in and the blades a little bit you know off center from where you had it before maybe you put a new track on you know any of that these these are all reusable which is nice yes this would be
1: because you could because this one right here is designed to just use one of their tracks they have these cool tracks made for making these sleds uh they just you know you, you adjust them so they fit inside of your track and it's down just one side right and so if you get a new saw um
0: if the if it's big enough you can just cut it to size on your saw he's not intrigued yet sorry notorious rvh is not intrigued yet justin you're not intriguing enough I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I right? guess
1: I'm just boring. No, but, uh, you know,
0: you're not boring. You just didn't intrigue us enough yet. I don't know. I'm intrigued by this.
1: I'm, I would love to find the time to build one. Um, I don't know what all I'd make with it, but I'd like to have one.
0: I, I used uh, some of their stuff because their their slides underneath are neat too. So I've used some of their slides to make those. Um, and the thing that's kind of cool about them is you use a screwdriver above to adjust uh, the width yeah, there's, yeah, there's right. one of the slides. Yeah. And and see that see that it actually adjusts the width so that it, it meets your track. So because your saw might be a different size than my saw, as far as you know what what the grooves are cut in your table saw. And so you can actually adjust those, which is which is nice. Yep. You can, so, you can me, just pull them off and use them on the next sled if you if you want to make a new sled. Yes. Um and, and I've I've used some of their stuff. I haven't made one as interesting as that before.
1: So, I'm a big fan of their gripper push blocks. Uh, They're they're expensive push blocks, but the ability to just you know those grooves that you can just kind of you know
0: your hand right over the saw blade, nice and safe. So, well, safety is so important, and I like their gripper uh, push blocks as well. All right, so I'm going to bring you something. Some of you guys may have seen this. It didn't get great reviews on Amazon. It's nothing that I have ever used before, so I want to admit that. But <laughs> this really does intrigue me. I, I I am actually Everyone says it sucks, but I want to try it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't say it sucks. I just said all right, here it is. All right, you see this? The a Toto 83B. No, I haven't read the reviews. There's only 20 reviews, so it's pretty Oh, you've been but talking what, about this. Well, no, I haven't I didn't know this existed, but here's what it is. All right, so I've wanted to use like a good head unit for a while, like a Sony or a Pioneer or something. But the problem with the Sony and the Pioneer that I always have is that they're not wireless Android Auto; they're all hardwired. And get wireless Android Auto, you're just going to pay about double for the damn thing. Well, they're they're ridiculously overpriced, right? So I mean, you can pay for a Pioneer, but it's going to be a couple grand, you know, or maybe a grand or eight hundred dollars, where you can buy like the Atoto version for 200, you know, so it's just tough to swallow. But this supposedly plugs into your wired CarPlay or uh, Android Auto stereo, and it converts the wired version to wireless. I've got to try that. I, I, I don't have anything to try. Otherwise, I would try it because, I mean, it's so cheap, right? It's like, I mean, right I, now it's on sale for what, like 40 I, I well, no. So for- my
1: wife's got an Alpine in her in her uh, vehicle that um, does wired Android Auto, and yes. I just did an install in my teenager's car. I hope that I've got enough good footage to actually make make a damn video <laughs> out of it because I've wasted four days of my <laughs> life doing that install. Um, oh, it looks good too, and we. Oh, I, I could. I, I'm very happy. I I, show, I showed Stu some of the pics of the amp rack that I made. Um, uh, but uh, but I, I'm I'm very intrigued because I've got something I can try it on. And what is that, fifty bucks, sixty bucks?
0: Yeah, it's fifty it's fifty bucks plus five percent off. So let's just say forty seven fifty right now. So you know, around that range. It's a little little cheaper than that because it's actually 49, but say 47.
1: All right, you you've you've got me. I am intrigued. I have got to try that. And hey, uh, no. do me a favor. Look over in the chat. Um, there's a comment from El Nufo. I'm probably pronouncing that terribly. Uh hey Toyd and Justin finally caught you live. Greetings from Germany. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, great to have you, man. I um I'm always just completely blown away whenever I look at my channel statistics and see that there are people on the other side of the world. that, uh, (laughs) that watch my stuff. So I'm just, I'm amazed. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in all the way from a a different hemisphere.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming, man. First of all, glad that you could meet it. I mean, I'm sure it's really late out there, wherever you're at. I mean, Germany, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know exactly what time it's probably like one or at least one in the morning over there, but yeah, I, I thought like, this is the thing that I find intriguing is it's not expensive, right? Like for 50 bucks, you can, and that is actually the lowest price in 30 days. So at least according to Amazon.
1: And for know, 50 I, bucks, if it sucks, I've, I've pissed away more than 50
0: bucks on lots of things. And you can, and you can return it. I mean, Amazon's so good with returning things, you know, it's the reason why I like shopping them. So for me, no, Florida does not count as the other side of the world, but we're happy to have you, Brian. And Brian just finished some speakers. He shared them with me, did an awesome job on them. Um, actually did the, the toyed. And Cur- the one that I uh, did with Kirby, meets audio. He actually just built those, so they looked really good. All right, Justin, let's let's hear something else. Okay, I've
1: got another one. Let me see what else I had. I have to go back to my list. Um, I have another one, and this is something that um, I'm intrigued by, and it's something that when you first pointed out to me, I said, "Hey, I've seen it." I think it's junk
0: and I don't like it.
1: The more I think about it, the more I think maybe it might be something worth looking into. Um, I think this was on like a Kickstarter for a while, but -hmm. I think it's like now up for real. There we go. We got it. You you remember this thing, the recon, this is that measuring device that you clamp on your miter saw or on, on your, um, uh, sled on your, on your table saw, and you can then measure. So you, you take your piece of wood, you're cutting. I own this
0: you 've got one yeah and this this does do millimeters and inches so how how does it work I mean I know how it works I know
1: how to use it does it work well
0: no oh. I mean some people like it I mean obviously you got four and a half stars out of 700 people it, it it's it's interesting um, here's the deal here's what you do when you first buy it it should be set up from the factory but may not be. Uh, some things to keep in mind, if your wood or material is not completely flat and you're going over bumps or something, that's going to throw off your cut, right? So, because mm-hmm. it's it, it's counting the travel. Basically, what that wheel does is that wheel goes around the wood. So, if it's not planed completely flat, if it goes up or down, it's going to be off by a little bit of a fraction of an inch or whatever. But when so you first get it. A table that's a little bit uneven might might give me a bad measurement. It might. There's a lot of reasons why. But you'll you'll cut a piece off of it and then you'll measure six feet from that piece that you cut, zero it out, and then you'll make another cut at that six foot section and then zero it out again. And basically that will know it was six feet cut, and then it'll start measuring correctly. Uh, a couple things with mine, uh that little thing that goes up, uh your um so this this can declamp from your your saw any time, but anytime you reclamp it onto your saw, obviously you have to reset it up, at that, recalibrate it. Right. And then the other issue that I have with it is that wheel's supposed to go up, um, and stay up and it doesn't half the time. And so you have spot for like maybe one, two by four underneath it, you know, but like if you need to cut like multiple two by fours at the same time, something, there's just not enough space with your saw and things of that nature. I, it's just not my favorite one. For one hundred and fifty dollars, I'd rather just use. I, I would rather use a tape measure.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. I, I I thought that I would have a better. <laughs> you give me a better report. You know the the thing about this that I found interesting. Uh, over a
0: year too, so it's not like it's something that yeah. I just had for a while. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not even on my table. It's not even on my saw anymore.
1: I was looking at it what I was thinking was that if you watch some woodworking channels and I watch far too many of them, as I try to figure out how to build things, a lot of these woodworkers will build these massive miter saw tables that take up a wall in their workshop and they'll put in rulers oh, and yeah. stop blocks. And so like, you know, set the stop block at the, you know, six inches on the ruler or, you know, a foot or two feet or whatever, run up to the stock block um, and, off and running, you can make you know accurate measurements and everything, and it just looks like a pain the rear end to put together. And people will put them on their uh, table saw sleds and stuff. And so I was kind of hoping that you would you would give me a better report on this and it would be worth buying. But at
0: 150 bucks, it's a pass. So uh, for me, it is. Uh, there's a lot of people that like them. So uh, you know, if you want to try it out, try it out. Definitely. I mean, it's worth. For me, it's, if you have somewhere, it's probably the cheapest way to get accurate cuts. If you have flat stock and you can keep it on your miter saw at all times, your miter saw's not moving at all. So if you're a
1: serious woodworker and you've been planing and jointing and everything's perfectly flat and you've got this perfect miter saw Mm -hmm. table, this is ready to rock. Problem. Problem. Or if you're just like rough cutting two by fours and if you're off by an eighth of an inch, no one cares.
0: Yeah. I like mean in a, yeah. like in home
1: construction, right?
0: If you're if you're doing home construction, yeah, I mean it it is nice because you can do it, you know, right to the 32nd of an inch. Get it done, you know, do multiples of a time. If you have to do a ton at the same does you're you're better at just putting a stop block out anyway. You you'd want to measure and do a stop block, right? And that's what you'd really Pretty want. Much, yeah. All right. Well, well. <laughs> that one was a dud. <laughs> Sorry y'all. Well, I don't know. It's a dud. I mean, I think for some people it'll work great. You know, just it didn't help for me. So, all right. So, I'm gonna mention one also that has to do with car audio because, or not car. Well, it has to do with all audio. Oh, see, I feel like people are talking about this in the chat, so I'm gonna just pop this one up. I'm gonna skip ahead. Um. So let's let's let me just pull this up. All right. So this one is gonna be. so I'm not used to Firefox, I, so it's kind of confusing me. I, I just started using Firefox for this, and so it's taken me like a lot of time to like figure out how to do this on here, and I don't I don't like it. All right, all right. So let's go ahead and just start talking about. It. Are you guys familiar with uh, the new Dayton Epic series of drivers? I've seen them on your channel. Okay. So basically what they've done.
1: (laughs) So, uh, so what's going on y'all is uh, Nick is having some trouble. Basically he's identified as a browser problem. Anytime that he tries to share his screen, he ends up, uh, it ends up dumping him out. And again, it is a, is a browser problem. So while he's logging back in here in a second. So anyway, uh, so what
0: they've done. Yeah. See, So I'm going to tell you guys what the deal is. So I used to use Google Chrome, but Google Chrome and StreamYard aren't working properly together right now. I don't know why, but it won't let me share the screen. So in uh, Google Chrome, you could actually share a single tab and here you can't, you have to share like a whole nother window. And so I have to open a window up and I accidentally opened up this window and shared it on this screen, which obviously then closed me out. But um, you guys don't really care about that. All right, so here we go. Here's the Dayton. And Dayton's not the only one doing this. So basically how a driver works is a driver wants to main, well, a driver doesn't maintain linearity. There's a BL, which stands for basically your motor force, okay? And uh, the amount of power we give a driver, the uh, Thiel small parameters will change. And so uh, if you do a clipple of a of a uh, driver, you'll actually see um, sometimes a BL, like at resting position will be like, at one point, and then when you start giving it power and you start seeing excursion go, the BL will change dramatically, almost look almost look like a, a upside-down V or something of that nature or, or a pyramid, which means that uh, the tuning frequency and everything is changing. So you want that BL and your TS parameters to pretty much stay linear. So there's a bunch of companies that are coming out with technology that are helping keep these linear. Uh, and that's cool because that means that you're getting the same tuning frequency no matter what the power you're giving it um an epic series is one of those drivers that is doing that and they're using this multiple magnet structure so use this big magnet at the bottom and they use all these little magnets uh coming up and that keeps um everything in the gap with within that magnetic gap and the thing that was kind of interesting about this the one that i found really interesting about this particular one is, what is this? This is a five and a half inch driver and it has, what is it like? What's the X-Max on this? 15 millimeters of X-Max almost, 14.7 millimeters of X-Max. And when I was talking to Chris Perez, who works at, he's an engineer at Dayton, he said that they can do multiple layers of this. So just think about that, like taking an eight inch or 10 inch or a 15 inch driver and having all these multiple magnets stuck out. So you could do like three, four, five of them keeping that linearity the whole time and having an extremely powerful subwoofer with i mean potentially you know uh, limited what they were
1: saying in the chat how they had uh, how Dayton's got a um, something with a spacer between the magnets is that what it was who said that so- in the chat it was um the car truth report Dayton has a driver where they space out the
0: magnets into two rings, which would help out with that issue. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's okay. what he's referring to, which is why I was talking about this. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and it can help with venting as well. But the, the biggest thing is keeping that linearity. So there's a couple different ones that do this that help with linearity. Uh, one of them would be uh like your underhung motor. Your underhung motor is pretty decent with linearity, although you'll you'll have uh more or less X max on the in than the out. And then, um, your other one is, is stuff like, uh, well, I always forget the company, but there's all kinds of different companies and yet yeah, you're right. You're going to run into thermal limits and things that nature. But the point being is that this should be exciting because that, I mean, the possibilities with uh, technology like this is pretty cool. Um, and I'm pretty excited to see where they come with this. You know, and the spider and the surround also help with linearity. Yes, there's a lot so, of things that help with linearity. But the, but this, uh, these, this magnet structure, as well as some of the other ones, because there, there have been companies, of course, that have focused on, uh, the surround, which helps, helps with the linearity. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, good one too. it's a badass little driver,
1: right? But it's also a hundred bucks, which well, is, yeah. A
0: pretty big hit for a five and a quarter. What's I mean? Is it worth the money? I don't think so. Well, first of all, I'm not really necessarily talking about the epic drivers, as I am really talking about the technology that I find exciting. But yeah, I think I think this one's probably worth a hundred dollars. And the reason why I think this one's worth a hundred dollars, one, is it maintains that linearity, so you know that you're getting no matter what power you're giving it, you're getting basically the full fifteen millimeters of x max and still maintaining that linearity which is awesome not only that it's an extended range driver now they call it a subwoofer but really you get down to like uh, i don't know i can't remember exactly 35 hertz or so and then you go all the way up so it's a w5 but it also goes in mid-range territory so you can use this in a two-way system just fine uh so and, it may- about, and low distortion using this instead of the tank band and the diamonds <laughs> No, I wouldn't because, I mean, what you could do, though, is you could use this instead. I mean, you could use this and then cross over like a tweeter with it. And then you'd basically have the diners without the need of, you know, a three way, basically. Gotcha. Okay, I'm intrigued. I find
1: it intriguing.
0: Yeah. And there are other drivers as well that do this. Uh, none of them use this particular, but there's all kinds of drivers now that are paying attention more to linearity. And I think that's really cool. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, I got one for you
1: right here. I've already got it up on the screen. Uh, I saw people talking about this in the chat. So I had to comment on it. You got it. Oh, sorry. Oh,
0: there Not we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's disgusting, that's the stuff, y'all. That is the that is the Walmart brand uh, diet Dr Pepper. So that's what you want, right there. That's the good stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. I kid, I kid, I kid. Um,
0: so if you want to go ahead and pull that down, I'll I'll do one for real here. And while you're and- getting that up, audio system specialist said Purify, and Purify is another company that's doing it. And Pur- Purify and Cartesian are another dry co- companies that are doing it. And I got to tell you, like that's a Purify is doing it in a different way, but same thing. And that's what I'm loving seeing a lot of these drivers. I wish driver manufacturers as well would give us more of the Clipple test because I think that that could give us a better idea of how we want to utilize drivers. All right. This is something that I have been eyeballing for years
1: and have been kind of wondering about the potential for this product. And there are a lot of other products like this. Uh, Tang band has several drivers that kind of are the same concept. It's a uh, allegedly point source, allegedly full range uh, uh, speaker. This is an eight inch. It's got a Neo magnet. You can see it's got a copper phase plug. And if you look close, it's kind of hard to see in the pictures. There is a wizard cone in there. You -hmm. can see it there a little better. So, copper phase plug, wizard cone, eight-inch frame, allegedly a full-range driver, and you and I have both used the three and a half-inch version of this, and that one's pretty cool. It does a does a great job. What are your well, thoughts on going for a full-range driver like this, whether it's this or a Tang Band or whatever the case may be, and building um, uh, building something with it?
0: I mean, it it all depends on what you're trying to do, right? Uh, A lot of people like to put something like this in like a horn loaded speaker. uh, And then what they'll do is so they'll use or, you know, or a transmission line. So they'll use it as a transmission line. And so that way they get some low end extension out of it as well. Um, But keep in mind, it's still an eight inch speaker. So your off axis is still going to suffer. So really, for me, using the high frequencies
1: off axis are going to suffer.
0: Correct. So for me, something like this would be great for like a single person listening area. I wouldn't want it for like a multi-seat area personally.
1: Here's what I'm thinking. Um, Maybe the six inch version of this, the six and a half inch version and the rear doors in a car audio build and a sound quality build uh, for rear fill. Because what you would do in that scenario is you would take most of the highs out. That rear fill probably doesn't need to go above five or 3000 hertz. It's just there to kind of add some ambiance to the sound. And so I think something like that might be kind of cool or maybe something like this in a big pod up on the dash (laughs) where, you you know, blocking so you can't see to drive and just have a big point source like this just on on each corner of the dash aimed right at you.
0: Yeah, I I mean, definitely in a car, you don't. What what is the sensitivity of that? Because it says high sensitivity.
1: Um, now obviously the eight inch would be completely impractical on the dash in a car, oh, uh, but we're looking at 95, 96.5 dB as the sensitivity.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I a think the six and a half
1: inch version would be kind of cool for a point source driver up in the uh, up in the dashes of a car.
0: I, I'm intrigued. I, I'm not a huge fan of a a single point source driver in that regards. Uh, Obviously uh, coaxial compression drivers, which I haven't talked about what one I do want to talk about today is one that I would be interested in, but definitely that eight inch in like a home audio, single person listening. Yeah. I I think, I think the benefit you get from it is the looks more than anything else. Yeah. I want to just, I just want to talk about this. Someone said, Hey man, I'm having issues with your website the last two weeks. No, guys, it is not you. There is something going on with the website, and I'm trying so desperately hard to fix that. I actually have other people working in the background, trying to work on it, and and they can't. We can't figure it out right now. Uh, if they can't figure it out soon, I'm going to be just switching something up because you know I can't, <laughs> I can't keep it. Up. But I I do apologize. But thank yeah, you. You can't have the website guy; it has to be up and running. I know. All right, now this is interesting because you gave. That one I want to show. This, these are BMRs. Are you familiar with BMRs? Am I familiar with <laughs> BMRs? You mean these? Yeah, these little. They're they're not huge, right? They're not huge no, they're,
1: drivers, they're th- but they're but they're thick, man. They're thick. They're, they're, they're chunky girls.
0: Yeah. So you're into if you're, into, if you're into
1: thick, you like this. Oh, you have a BMR
0: right there. Yeah, there it is. You can just is barely a get half the inch. The speaker cut out. Yeah, that's actually the one I clicked on. That's actually kind of funny. We did not we did not plan that. <laughs> no, it was not planned. So BMR stands for balanced mode radiator. BMR is a technology that I think a lot of people need to be familiar with because BMRs have the potential to really change audio for a lot of people. Now, here's the deal. BMRs are actually already changing the landscape. Are you familiar with a company called Valve? Um uh, They made no. Half-Life or Oh. Hat-life? Or, yes, Valve the yeah.
1: the the um uh, they they do like a thing where you can buy video games online, Steam.
0: Steam, yes. Is that the same so company? They, yeah, Valve Valve owns yeah. Steam or Steam owns Valve or something twisted like that. This is something that I just learned from Elliot who was on here not too long ago is that they just created their own um VR headset and they were looking for speakers that could fill up without being on your ear, and they use BMR drivers in a very high-end VR headset, and they're using these BMR drivers. So why would they use these? BMRs are the first one that I would consider really a full-range speaker. The problem with any type of full-range speaker in general, or any speaker in general, like the 8-inch that we were talking about, is the larger the speaker is, the off-axis suffers big time. But a BMR, depending on the size, can get you all the way up to 180 degrees off axis almost the entire frequency range. Um, so the thing
1: about this one that I remember very vividly this one's a hundred degrees, but
0: when looking at the uh, the
1: drivers and thinking about using them, um, because I built I use those back before I started my YouTube channel. I, I built some speakers with them, and um there's this weird just like crash, this dip in the middle of the frequency response, maybe around two or 3,000 hertz. And and I'm not sure what to make of that. But other than that, they, they sounded great. And yeah. what I did with them is I put them in some, for the size of the speaker, some huge skinny enclosures um, with a massive port right down the middle. And so I had two enclosures and two in each enclosure. And uh, I'm not seeing the big dip. The big dip is not there. There's a dip oh, there, good. but it used to be bigger.
0: Yeah, there's different be, ones. And so gotcha. this is measured on axis. But when we take a look at the adjusted uh, power response, which is basically off axis and on axis, mm-hmm. you have know, a really nice even response. Now, Some of that you can yeah. mess with D- DSP if you want to or whatnot. But oh. very, very good power response. Oh, i got that's that
1: kinda, AB board and I've got four of these suckers. Yeah. I, these oh, why weird. did I put that together before now?
0: Now, the cool thing about these two is I think these would be really cool like in a car, like A-pillar beam. I also think the tweeter – really, you probably shouldn't use these past two 300 hertz, um, but – or at like a, for a sound bar because this would be the perfect tweeter, right, followed by some mids. This would be perfect because you're getting that wide off-axis response that you don't normally, and they can be crossed over low enough that that horizontal MTM might work out well for you.
1: So I bought these because I was thinking about putting something in my dash. I've got three and a half inch cutouts in my dash and uh, ended up using something different. I I forget what it was, but I've tried so many speakers, I forget them all. And so I bought these just because I wanted to play around with them with the idea of maybe they'd be a good candidate for a dash speaker. And so now I'm thinking I need to rebuild my system and just drop these in the dash because this might be a, a better solution than what I've got.
0: There, there is and a there, disadvantage to these, and that's the sensitivity. Typically the sensitivity on these are very, very low. Mm. But in a car or a sound bar, that's not a problem. And these this might be,
1: this might be what I need to do for the pod idea instead so of doing the uh, point source drive point source driver. I can't talk tonight guys. Um, it's uh, you know make a pod, stick these up
0: on the dash. that might be the way to go. And they have all different sizes. They don't have anything bigger than a three and a half. Supposedly, they're coming out with some newer models later this How year. How did the smaller ones look as far as their response function? Because they have two and a half. They have square shapes. Is that right? Yeah, it, it all depends. Once again, you have to look at each one. Each one's a little bit different. So one of them, you'll see a, a big dip at like, I think, around 300 hertz or so. Uh, once again, right. you want to take into account the polar response of that too. Uh, but they're pretty good. Aaron's audio corner actually tested one of these as well and tested these really, they tested really well as well.
1: Let so, me see if I can find uh, just a random picture of this thing real quick. um Maybe it's under here. Now I'm not finding it. I had some pictures of it so, at some point and I can't find I, my pictures. So. I'm going
0: to, I'm going to talk to Blake. First of all, I, I agree that there's a truth to that, that yeah, Hey, low sensitivity doesn't do on but let's also, also agree that almost every one of your car speakers are low sensitivity. The other thing too, is um, in a car, you're really close to the drivers.
1: So like, you know, I mean, if you got a tweeter, you know, arms linked from your face, you're a a, a meter away, you know, a half a meter away. Why am I using metric? I don't know. Um, So how important
0: is sensitivity when you're,
1: you know, this close to the speaker?
0: Well, here's what I'm thinking too. Like everyone always points their tweeters at the driver cuz they're like, "Hey, you know, the driver's the most important. We want to do it for a one seat tune." But mm-hmm. with the BMR, you could put them literally at the, you're going 100 degrees, right? Of Yeah. Or even 180 depending on which one you get. You could literally put them where most people put their tweeters at right there on the windows and still hopefully fill both seats pretty well. I I mean, I don't know. That's theory. Theoretically, right? This is theory.
1: Well, in theory, I can't find the pictures I had of that build. Um, they've got to be somewhere. But yeah, I wrong. agree with that. It'd wrong. be
0: nicer if they could take more power as well. And that's where car audio kind of gets you. They, they take more power. Right. Well, so you know, they, mean, you, but they take more power, which is nice. If
1: you, you know, how much power can the, uh, my recollection is they could take a lot of power. How much power can they take?
0: Uh, you know they're about 30 to 60 watts 30 watts rms 60 total Yeah, so 30 crazy. watts rms is a lot for a driver
1: that small um you know maybe if you but if you could say they're i think they're 8 ohm is that right or are they 4 ohm this one's mm. this one's 8 ohm um so if you could use maybe say yeah. the, the two and a That's half in awesome. like a pod with two right beside each other other than the cone filtering you might induce that might be kind of cool with a pair of those you could get some you know the extra cone
0: to overcome the low sensitivity yeah. Um, so what's your what else do you want to talk about, Justin? You got something else. I, I do like the BMR. I think that they I think they're interesting, and they're cheap enough that I think people should just try them. Yes.
1: Whatever. I, I agree a hundred percent. They're cheap enough that I think people should just try them. Here's one I want to get to before I uh, before we run out of time, so I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up. Um oh. this is there we go an oh. F mod. Um, are y'all familiar with F mods? Have y'all seen these before? Who down the chat's heard of an F mod? Give, give, give me an F in the chat if, you, <laughs> if you've heard of these F-mods. F mods. You've used them, haven't you, Nick? Yes. So this is from Harrison Labs. And what these are is they're little passive crossovers that go on the RCAs. And so you can then daisy chain. There you go. 25 hertz alive did what I wanted, what I was trying to get around. Yeah, Brian Steele said those have been around for years. I remember seeing them in Crutchfield catalogs when I was in high school and thinking that that might be a good solution. Because back at the day, back then, you couldn't buy a, a fancy DSP unless you were spending huge amounts of money, huge, huge amounts of money. Um, you know, pro audio signal processors available. And you would buy these very big, expensive, you know, multi-channel crossovers. And even ones that were just simple two or three-way crossovers were a fortune. Um, And these, they were cheaper back then. I feel like they might've been 10 bucks a pair back then, but 30 bucks a pair, you can buy low passes, you can buy high passes, and then you can stack a low pass and a high pass to make a band pass. And um, the reason why I'm bringing these up is because I haven't seen them or thought about them in years, and someone uh, clicked on an affiliate link for something else, and then went into Amazon and bought a pair of these, and it popped up on my report. And I thought, "Oh man, I haven't seen those in forever."
0: Yeah, they're great. Uh, you know, they're they're considered a PLL, PLLXO passive line level crossover, is what they're. They basically take the signal and. Right. You know, I think they're, you know, Brian said they're six decibels, aren't they? I think they're 12, though. I, I believe they're 12 I think decibels. it says it on the product description.
1: I always right. thought that it was, I've always thought they were 12 decibel per octave. Yeah, it says, it says on the box they're 12 oh. decibel per octave.
0: No. no, it says 24. Oh, wait. We're, oh, yeah, 12 decibels per octave. Yeah, there you go. You can stack two together to <laughs> make 24. 24 versus like, wait, it's 24? Wait. Wait, couldn't no, you stack two together to make 24? No, I don't think so.
1: Here they've been around so long. Look at the packaging. Like the packaging yeah. looks like it's from the 90s or the 80s, probably. It does look pretty old. It reminds me <laughs> yeah. of things I saw hanging on the shelf at Radio Shack. And in, in fact, it almost looks like it's been yeah. like this very one might have been. And here's what's funny: it's patent pending. It's like, how long has the patent been
0: pending? It's like <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. You know what though? They are really good. Like, especially if you don't have an amplifier, although I'm starting to think that they're they're going to go away now that like DSPs become more prevalent and cheap? I mean, when you, I mean, okay. If
1: you wanted to do a full setup with these, right. Um, 30 bucks each, 30 bucks a pair, you know, you start band passing them. So, so a band pass is now 60 bucks. So you need, 30 bucks for your low pass filter and then another 30 bucks. If you're just doing a two way system, if you're like say components or something. Um, yeah. but if you got like a three way system or, uh, like, you know, active mid active tweeter, active subwoofer. And so you've got to have 30 bucks and 30 bucks and 30 bucks and 30 bucks. So that's 120 bucks for four of them. And well, for 30 bucks
0: more, yeah. you can get a Dayton audio DSP. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess it all depends on what, what you need to do. I, I used them on uh, a subwoofer I built a long time ago that the amplifier did not have. Actually, the amplifier had like a 20 hertz crossover, but the way I was tuning it, I really didn't want anything past 30 hertz on the high pass. And so I got a 30 hertz high pass F mod and put it on there. And the funny thing is, I ended up not even using it after <laughs> But...
1: <laughs> That's what we do, right? I mean, if you're yeah. anything like me, you have all this stuff and you try it out and then you don't use it and you get rid of it and try something different. It's just an ever, this hobby just yeah. keeps
0: expanding. It just soaks up your entire life, which is part of what makes it fun. Well, I'm going to share this because um I told Robbie I was going to talk about him. He's he's on here. He's a friend of mine. Yeah. This is Dayton Wavelengths. Have you heard of this, by the way? This has been out for years. This is not new, but this has been out for years. So... I haven't what tried it? it. So I, I tried it a long time ago. I haven't used it in a long time. I used it back when like 2.4 gigahertz was like kind of like used all the time. 2.4 gigahertz is really only Wi-Fi now. I mean, it used to be like your, your phones in your house and stuff. People don't have phones in their house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, they plug up with USB to power it. And then they come with these little connectors, right? Some are three uh, that I should say there's a 3.5 millimeter jack on here and then they plug up with the RCA. And the cool thing about this is they're wireless. So they transmit audio wireless from your source to wherever you want it to be. And the thing that I find this best at is for subwoofers. So my friend Robbie, for example, he has a camper and, um, he wants to go camping a lot and he doesn't want to run. He wants to run a subwoofer. He does movie nights out there on the outside of his camper and he wants to run his subwoofer, but he doesn't want to run a wire to it all the time. And this is would basically get rid of that. One of these would be by his uh, source inside his camper. And then the other one would go outside his camper. That way he can actually close his door without the wires going, you know, inside the camper and outside the camper. I find it best for like living rooms and things of that nature where you need to kind of just move the subwoofer you're still gonna need to plug it up the power but this is gets rid of your signal source especially if you want to run your subwoofer like beside your couch or behind your couch i wouldn't use this for like my main listening or like if this was my theater room i probably wouldn't use these but i would use these when looks is most important to me so you still gotta plug your amplifier into a wall yes
1: but this would be good for like, say, maybe an amplified speaker or something like that. If you had a little, little two-way plate amp on something,
0: yeah, want we'll to run it like outside, for example. Mm. Maybe yeah. you want to run one outside, and you have a battery-powered, for example, and it has USB charger on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, it just needs five volts. Doesn't need much. Um, it's you power the USB. USB. Exactly. USB is a power source. Okay.
1: Okay. I was going to ask you. Now the 35
0: millimeters. Mm how you hook up the source to it. What about for me? Latency? It's, it's for
1: is there is there any latency? How bad is the latency? <laughs> a
0: subwoofer while camping. Yes, a subwoofer while camping. Get get with the program. Everyone should have a subwoofer when camping. Um there's always going to be a delay of some kind, but you know, whether it, you know, that's why I say it's best for base, right? Wi-Fi typically has the lowest latency. Uh, compared to something like Bluetooth, right? Bluetooth is going to have a higher latency than something like Wi-Fi. So um, for me, that's the way I would, I do it. I I use them very, very briefly in my old house. So I can't speak a lot to them.
1: I wouldn't mind trying them sometime. I need to convince Parts Express to send me some of that stuff. So here is the next thing on my list. Um, I've been thinking about, um, upgrading two things. One, I really need to, um, thank you, Thank you, sweetheart. My wife just brought me a treat. Cheers, gentlemen.
0: Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Oh, your wife just brought me a drink too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, So I'm
1: I'm looking to upgrade um, both my truck because I would like to be able to run a bigger system in my truck, mostly because, you know, I don't need a big system in my truck. I'm sorry,
0: that's just funny.
1: Yes. You know, I'm interested in these as well. A single 12 is all I need, but for testing for my viewers uh, so that my viewers can see things that maybe they can't try out. Um, I need them. So Mullen says that he has three of them. I feel like I, I feel like I missed out. Cause I feel like I forget who it was. I think it may have been sparked innovations had like some, some B stock of these that were like really cheap for these things. They're like 400 bucks. Um, and so Mullen, I need you and I need to chat sometime. Maybe we need to have you on the show sometime and you can explain to me how yeah. to set up batteries and alternators. Um, because I, I, I feel like that, I'm Mullen. out. I feel like I'm out of my zone whenever I'm doing this stuff. And I'd love to have a couple of these on my test bench because my test bench runs out of steam at about 900 Watts, which means I can't test amplifiers more than 900 Watts. And what, what the hell's the entertainment in that? Um, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm better off going with the ultra cap or if I'm better off going with, with lithium. And they're, they seem to be priced, I don't know, I don't understand lithium technology very much. I feel so stupid when I'm looking at lithium batteries, and I seem to have no idea what I'm looking at. So anyone can can help me with my ignorance, I would appreciate it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Chat says nothing. No, no, no one. No one's like, no, we just want you to be ignorant, Justin. We're going to leave so you These animals.
0: capacitors uh, help build up so that you uh, don't have a loss in base performance, correct?
1: So... So this right here is a little different. Um, The old school, um, they look like a giant beer can capacitors that people used to use. Some people still use, they don't do a damn thing. They're just, they're just not enough capacitance in those things um, to really do anything. So Blake says lithium has more bang for the buck. And I like, I like bang for the buck. Um, But these are ultra caps. And so they have more capacitance. And I see YouTube videos where people use these as like starting batteries and they're marketed to like, say, uh, heavy duty trucks where you basically take one of your big heavy batteries out and save weight and then pop one of those in. So you take half your battery bank in your heavy duty, like, you know, your big rig and replace it with these caps. And they go you know, big bolt of energy, fire the truck up kind of thing. Nice. Hey, go ahead and hit links up on the put Put put, put, uh, put some stuff up on the screen. When people are talking about it because... Um, don't store as much power or discharge faster, which means they probably charge faster, too. And Mullen said these were originally intended for RVs and camping.
0: I feel like what I've heard, the lithium is the way to go. Scott would probably be the one I'd talk to about them. So Stu's custom. Scott, uh, Scott Dilbeck? Yeah. Is he here? I've never heard of it. Uh, he was, but I think he left. You know what? He's a busy guy. Um, 25 Hertz to
1: life is asking a question. Uh, what do you think about Belva's BT deck, their Bluetooth deck?
0: Yeah, I put it up. Uh, you... I'm not sure what that is.
1: So I, I know what that is. Uh, I was looking at the Sonic electronics website the other day and Belva is one of Sonic electronics house brands and it's kind of like their less good house brand. <laughs> I think they, they sent me some speakers from some their Belva speakers a couple of months ago to test out and uh, they were just fine. They were just inexpensive speakers. The, it was an amplified system and the amp on that system was really a really dirty amplifier. Um, and they have got a lineup of just dirt cheap head units.
0: Um And you can go to the Sonic electronics website and give that a try. Here's what I would tell you. If you're going to buy a dirt cheap, one, and this is my opinion. Buy a Linux based one. Just buy a Linux based one, one that'll do Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. You usually don't have many issues with them. They're usually fairly reliable. I wouldn't go with an Android if it's dirt cheap. Okay? Because you're going to have issues with it most of the time. But Linux doesn't take much to run, so you can run it cheap. <laughs> so it doesn't have to cost that much. So for me, if I'm looking at those, I would I'd be looking at you know, a Linux base. And if they sell Linux based ones, I would definitely be interested in trying it out.
1: So uh, there's some really great comments here. And um, uh, 25 Hertz to life says NBX is their better brand. And uh, more on that later. Uh, Juan says BMR speaker thumbnail based. Yes, I think so. And uh, Mullen says you can't use too much. you You can't use too much capacitance on lithium. It'll just take a So basically, if I use a lithium and ultra cap, the cap's just going to
0: suck the battery power down.
1: Is that what you're saying?
0: Basically, it's saying as as soon as you put it in, it's going to suck it back out. Oh, the lithium will suck it back out of the capacitor. You can't use too much capacitance on lithium because it'll take, Yeah, I guess, yes, that's exactly what he said, yes.
1: Okay. Again, I, I, I feel really ignorant when it comes to this stuff and I need to, I
0: need to get educated on it. All right. I'm going to mention something that a lot of people may not care about, but I'm going to mention it anyway, because it's something that I found really interesting. This is a new company that just started. And there's a reason why I'm mentioning this company. There's a bunch of companies that do this, but this is the only company that I know of that does it right in my opinion. All right. So this is a company called, uh, enjoy movies your way. Have you ever heard of this company? No, but you're really into the movie. So I want to hear what you think. So basically what Enjoy Movies Your Way does is it allows you to filter movies in a preference for your preference of watching. So, you know, if you want to watch, like, say, a Marvel movie with your kids, but you don't want it to have cursing on it, you can shut off all the cursing. If you oh. don't want nudity in it, you can shut off all the nudity, whatever. And it and it allows you to pick the type of cursing you like. So if, you know, if you're a religious person, you could cut out, like, God's name in vain. Uh if you just want like major curse words, you can cut that out. If you want bullying gone, you can cut bullying out all kinds of different things, whatever. Okay. You
1: want. okay. So here's the question everyone wants to know the answer to man. And, and just, I'm, I apologize for the crude question. Can it do the opposite? Can it, can you take a movie and just cut out the non-nude <laughs> scenes and the non-cursing?
0: <laughs> no, you cannot. Um, but that would, that would, really be enjoying movies your way, I guess, but uh, th- this is more for family friendly movies. So <laughs> that'd be the opposite. Uh, some movies it will like, it'll do pretty much what it does. It links to your account. So it links to like Netflix, HBO max, um, you know, all of these other Amazon prime, uh, all these different apps. And what's kind of cool about it. And the thing that I like about it is it maintains your surround sound capabilities because most of these that filter these out, make you make you replay it in stereo they get rid of it and replay it in stereo and this is cool too because if all you care about is language like before i did this i was a counselor and i helped people with um addictions and so a lot of my guys couldn't watch things with like smoking or drugs in it they didn't want to watch it or whatever for their own benefit you can actually cut those scenes out too so it's kind of cool i
1: uh, feel really really bad about having a little bit of bourbon
0: this guy okay. said the, the product sounds terrible. Actually, the product's really good, and it's great if you have kids. I have kids; it's fantastic for me. Or if you have a reason to not watch those things, you know.
1: You know, and my kids are a little bit older, um, but um, I mean, I, I, I when they were younger, I took a very active role in trying my best to filter out um, any anything that I could. <laughs> um, the, the 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 there was a uh, the, the joke around our house was there was a, a Black Eyed Peas song. And somewhere in the song, the black eyed peas would start singing, damn. And whenever that part would come out, I'd start yelling out ham. And so the kids thought that the, the, the song was ham Because <laughs> 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 they were older and they were like, wait a second, that doesn't say ham.
0: <laughs> i i love it i love it you know what but it's true like sometimes there's certain things that you want to like my kids wanted to watch ant-man so bad but there are some things in it that i wasn't sure what was in it i'm like i can't remember because i don't have that filtering anymore right because i'm not you know so I'm like i i don't know is there something that can, absolutely can't nothing about? wrong with
1: as a parent controlling when you let your, uh, your kids be exposed to whatever level of whether it be profanity or violence or whatever the case may be. Um, Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's not, not a bad thing. Um, You know, mine are nearly grown. So I've, I've, (laughs) I've either, I've either been successful or failed by this point. So uh, Nick's, Nick's kids are younger than mine. So he has, uh, (laughs) he has opportunities to, to, to,
0: my opportunities to mold them are gone. So, (laughs) No, it's great for kids that you don't have. All right, Justin, do you have anything else? There's one more thing I want to reach and hit before we go. uh, One thing I wanted
1: to say real quick, or was a comment earlier from uh, from Stu. Stu said, oh, hey, you know, Rob builds batteries. You should talk to Rob. I've asked Rob to explain it to me. He explains it and I don't understand it. (laughs) I I might need him on and have him explaining more because I feel like either he's trying to like be coy and hold back some information from me, or I really just don't understand like, and the thing about batteries is they have the potential to be so dangerous they do. That, I, yeah. that I want to be real careful. And and when I was a kid growing up on a farm, um, we were always working with batteries. There was always a dead battery in a tractor or an old farm truck or something. And I vividly remember this one day I was in the tobacco patch, we grew tobacco, and I was hoeing and having a horrible day because no one likes to be in July and August doing manual labor in a field. And, uh, the, the field was very near the, the machine shed, the barn where all the, the tractors were kept and stuff and tools and everything. And my dad had a battery on the charger, uh, and that thing went off, it exploded. And I thought that a shotgun had gone off and I thought, Oh hell, what the hell's going on here? I, you know, I, I, I thought, I thought someone had been shot and I have been scarred for life. And ever since then, like, Oh, batteries. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> um, and you know, it just, you know, he was unfazed. He was just all like, Oh yeah, stuff blows up all the damn time. You know, <laughs> I was just part of life. Shit blows up, son. You'll get over it. <laughs> uh, you know, you just, you just don't know. You don't know until you know. And when it comes to, when it comes to cursing, what my dad taught me a very important lesson. Um, he didn't ever tell me this, but he taught me this by the way he behaved. Uh, it's, Absolutely wrong. Don't ever do it
0: in front of mom
1: because <laughs> when mom wasn't around.
0: Oh, hell. Oh, man. Hopefully they're not listening to you right now.
1: Uh, you know, um, they, they don't know how to use YouTube. So but it, uh, <laughs> it led to a valuable skill because I have a thing it's I so call church mouth, which what, I, what that means is when I'm at when I'm at church, nothing foul comes out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm on the phone with my brother. Oh, man. The two of us sound like we're we're terrible.
0: (laughs) Oh, geez. All right. Well, let me talk about one more thing that I think is. um, That was a tangent. Sorry. No, you're fine. One one more that I think a lot of people are getting into that I like. It's kind of a trend. Um, And that's this. Large subwoofers. And in particular, large PA subwoofers. Professional audio subwoofers. Uh, They're high sensitivity. And here's the reason why. So typically professional audio subwoofers, we talk about Hoffman's Law, right? So Hoffman's Law, you get two of the three things that you want, right? Three things you want. You want high sensitivity, means they don't need much power. You want low tuning. And you want a small box. You can usually only get two of those. And PA drivers are typically highly sensitive, which means you're getting a really large box. And that's true. However... With these larger professional subwoofers, like these 21 inchers, a lot of them can be in a sealed box to 40 or 30 hertz, and like an F3 of 40 or 30 hertz. And depending on your room size, that's where your room starts to take over. Mm-hmm. So they end up working out extremely well. And you're starting to see like a lot of guys in home theater using these 21 inchers. Some of them are still using ported, but you really most a lot of them you don't even have to. If you can get it down to forty or thirty hertz and you're in like a decent like a medium-sized room or something, you can you can take let a lot of the room uh, take over. And so SB Audience actually just sent me two of these uh, twenty-one inch rosso twenty-one SW eight hundreds. The downside is it's eight ohm, but uh, since I have two of them, I can wire them in parallel to get four ohm. And these. F three is I can't remember it's somewhere between thirty five and forty hertz, uh, and by my calculations, my room should be taking over right about there. So with all things said and done, uh, you know you should get a fairly linear response with a twenty one inch that gets down between thirty five and forty hertz in F three. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So two twenty ones. My wife actually said to me, she goes. Uh, will our house still be standing? Tyson, I don't know. <laughs>
1: that is absolutely amazing.
0: Does anyone trade box size for power DSP on those? So, that, I mean, that's my, that's my point is I don't think you have to in this particular case. You should are be. About, to... Are we talking about the liquids transform perhaps? Yeah. So like if you go into win ISD, Aaron's audio corner did a great video on this. Um, There's a couple other people that did it as well, uh, but basically you can add a linkage transform in WinISD and you can actually see how your response is gonna change based on your room. So you, you take basically the, the longest distance of your room and that's gonna tell you about what frequency your room's gonna start to take over. And so if you can get it to take over even at 30 Hertz and you have like a little bit of a dip between 40 and 30, well, you can EQ that out even if you lose, say, three decibels, you're still getting a very sensitive driver that should be able to push a lot of wattage and get to obscenely loud volume. And the great thing is, you don't need to use a lot of power with those. Uh, I think like this one is 800 watts, so 1600 total watts. Yeah,
1: that's that's absolutely sick. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is that is absolutely sick. A pair of 21-inch drivers. That's gonna be nice.
0: It'll be interesting. I know. Make sure you subscribe. Watch that. I think it yeah. would be a cool thing. When's the video gonna drop? I don't I haven't built the boxes yet, so <laughs> not today.
1: <laughs> hey, the car truth oh. reports giving you a good shout out there. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that's a fun build.
0: I guess I don't I don't know. <laughs> All right, I, but you know our, what our new- that's the That's the other thing, though. In car audio, you put one 21-inch subwoofer like that in a car, like, I mean, obviously, it'd have to be a car big enough. You would have no problem making up your cabin (laughs) game. I have no idea what volumes you could get to, but I would be interested to see someone take, like, two 21-inchers and just mash them in a vehicle and see what they get out of that. I'd be well, very the idea
1: is down in the chat to do an isobaric in a fourth order. So like, I mean, a pair of 21 oh, yeah. inches in a fourth order enclosure would, uh, I mean, that cuts the cat, that cuts the, uh, cap cabinet size
0: in half. So you're, you're off and running. Well, like mine are like only going to be six cubic feet. So that could be like three cubic feet for two 21 inch subwoofers. Ooh, that'd be oh. a small box for two 21 inch subwoofers. That would be, that would be insane. That would be very interesting. I, I, I want to see someone do it. I'm not going to do it, but I, I want to see someone do it. Uh, that would be insane. If you can talk them into sending me a pair, I'll do it. <laughs> well, you know, you know what the other thing is that you could do with these, which you know, I, I was talking to um, the guy who sent them to me, and the other thing that we talked about doing is, uh, have you ever done dual opposed subwoofers? Dual opposed subwoofers. Is this where the subwoofers face each other. No, well, they're facing the opposite sides of the box, right? Okay, so okay. One sub's facing this way, one sub's facing this way. They're wired the same way, so they're going in and out. Basically, what it does is it, it cancels out the box from moving. So, it, it, in theory, should sound better. It's still the same amount of cabinet space. You're not getting, like, the isobaric, you know, your your benefits of isobaric in the essence of, you know, your smaller size, but you're, you're getting the benefits of hopefully better sound quality. Okay. The, the, the only reason... The only reason the why the only reason why I don't like dual pose is because I still like I like them facing me. I, I do. I like yeah. I like to feel the air moving. You know, that's me right in front of me. Just I want I want my pants flapping. <laughs> I don't want to. So is it. that
1: is that the big thing you have coming up on your channel, or do you have something else you want to announce coming up on your channel?
0: I, I have the epic build coming out within the next probably week, week or week, maybe two, but All that, right. that'll be out soon. I'm trying to make the finish somewhat nice on this one. I It doesn't matter how nice it's going to be. Someone will complain about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I don't so know. the epic you? will come have, out- yeah, coming up on yours.
1: So um, I've already dropped this video. My patrons have already seen it, and uh, and I've got a big, big announcement. I, I picked up a, a sponsor for my channel, and that sponsor is what was mentioned earlier in the in the live stream, NVX, which is the house oh. brand for tonic electronic Electronics, NVX. And so NVX has uh, has asked me to um, review six products, six videos over six months. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. We've already sent the first couple out and the very first video is up on access for my patrons. And it is this little device right here. This is their um, base restoration processor. So this is their... Um, version of a device made by a company in the Pacific Northwest. that's very famous for, for patenting this device back in the eighties. Nice. Uh, so this is one of those things that um, the device actually uses some, some filters to observe um, base frequencies, you know, 100 Hertz, 80 Hertz, that kind of stuff. And then adds on it a, a harmonic frequency about uh an octave below that in order to add bass into a music that may have gotten removed through whatever means necessary, or perhaps music that didn't have a lot of bass. It'll add some extra in. And uh, what I did, uh, Deviant is I actually hooked it up to my DIY RTA. So you can see on screen exactly what it does. Uh, And I don't know how to be more honest and to show exactly what a thing does. And you get to make the decision of whether that's the thing you want it to do. Um, so, uh, they given me a, a coupon code. And so if you ever want to buy something from nvx.com, I think it only works on the nvx website, not on Sonic Electronics. The code is DIY audio
0: 15. Oh, DIY. I think it's 15% off. Which that would make sense.
1: Yeah. I I, have had at least one patron bought something from them and use the discount code. So, you know, I love it when someone will give me a discount code because I can actually do something for you
0: and save you some money. So. See, I won't buy anything unless it's at least 150% off. That'd be nice. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, Scott, Bowie, this is, um,
1: so this is more in line with the Epicenter as opposed to the LC2i. They have a different device that's more like the LC2i. Um, The Epicenter does the whole ad base that wasn't there by observing and then doing an octave below. And the, uh, the LC2i is the one that's designed to combat a uh, uh, factory system that won't let you turn the base up is the way I think about it so
0: that's pretty cool I like NVX I believe uh it was at parts Express's little um get-together Midwest audio fest that they did that a guy made his own little like it was kind of like a pull behind cart and it had the it had I believe NVX speakers on him four six and a half components on it that thing sounded really good. I was really impressed. I so I, and at that point in time, I don't believe I'd heard of NVX.
1: I believe so that was you, the
0: first time I heard them and heard of them for that matter. If
1: you roll back in time about four years ago, um the NVX X series was the series component speakers, were SB acoustics drivers. Nice. So the their their mid range for a while was an actual SB17. And the tweeter that went with it. So they had a component set that used the tweeter and then SB 17 from SB acoustics.
0: Okay. I'm going to answer this. What would you, your recommendation for upgrading a car audio system without replacing the head unit speakers get a DSP. If you can, I mean, if you can fit a DSP between those, which obviously it would depend on what your head unit is. If it has, you know, RCA outs, obviously.
1: It's gonna really depend on the head unit. Um, and so the head unit, um, the the car you have, right? Because some some car head units are very simple things, a simple line out converter is all you need. Sometimes you need three, four, five hundred dollars worth of integration
0: equipment in order to pull it off. Brian <laughs> Steele's got the right one. Replace the car. I mean, that it's true. I mean, if you're not replacing anything, like you're almost stuck, like there's not much you can do. You know, there's, there are like the, uh, now I can't think of the name of the product, but the product that you can get to basically wire into your uh, rear speakers to add like a subwoofer or something like that. You can do something like that, but there's not a lot that you can do without. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's going to depend on the car. I mean, it's, it's, it's too, it's so car
0: specific that you can't really give advice on that. Um, someone had asked me this a long time ago. I wonder if. Th- I wonder three way system subwoofer for base, full range for mids and tweeter. Hmm, with the K, thoughts S- sounds like the Dynas. <laughs> so the K A B D boards can be
1: um, I forget yeah. what word the Parts Express used, but you can, you can daisy chain them together. So you can buy two of the K A B D boards and have one DSP program on both of them, and you could bridge two channels on each board for the, for the, for the, for the woofer, for the sub. And then you got a channel for the tweet and a channel for the mid, or you can just do tweeter mid mid base subwoofer. I mean, there's those, those boards are, are, you can do so much with. them.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if I was going to do a sub, I mean, obviously a three-way system all depends on the size you want to use. Right. Like, cause if we're talking about like a budget sub, then something like the GRS is a nice budget sub, you know, we, we don't mind that. There's all kinds of even car audio budget subs you could use. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. if you want something nicer, I, I like, you know, the W5 is a nice small one if you want something the tang-man, small. Yeah. Tang-man, yeah, full range driver. Even the BMRs we were talking about would be a really nice setup. And then tweeter. Oh, man, there's so many good tweeters. Once again, but if I'm doing a three-way, I'm going with a probably a three-quarter inch tweeter so that I could get a little bit better uh, off-axis So um, Stu, Stu
1: earlier said something, Um, it amazes me how many car audio products, especially from a certain company use technology from musical instruments. Uh, Exactly right. Um, uh, If you look at the um, patent for the original audio control epicenter, the first name on the patent is Mackie. Are you all familiar with Mackie? Yeah, of course. Right. That pro audio brand. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same people, but how many people are named Mackie for goodness sakes? Yeah. 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 Seriously. Well, Brian Rollerson has to take off. And so that's our clue because we've been at it for a minute, an hour and 10 minutes now. So if Brian's leaving, we probably going to wrap it up. Nick, what do you think?
0: <laughs> I think so. And then I was also going to say uh, one last thing. If you guys want to, I'd go check out Zarbo audio projects. He's 51 subscribers away from getting a thousand. Uh, if you guys right. don't know, Anything about the thousand number, it's just really nice to get to. But he also did put out a really great video um, on how to make speaker grills and even showed you how to do like the magnetic speaker grills if you're interested in the magnetic speaker grills. So I would uh, check him out. It's Z A R B O Audio Projects. And if you're not, if you're not, um, really, uh, sorry, subscribed, I would, I would subscribe to that.
1: He's, he's fantastic. He, he's, he's he, a, he he's a be. hell of a craftsman. Um, I, I don't, I'm afraid people are going to watch his stuff and then go, why would I watch Justin again? Zarbo's better at this than he is. <laughs> he,
0: he's got, he does have like that Bob Ross type feel to him.
1: He does. It's, it's, he does. it's very nice. It's he very nice and soothing. and soothing. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy his stuff. It, it just, he makes it, it, Oh, his stuff looks great. I wish my stuff, I wish my stuff looked that good when I was finished with
0: it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you guys take care. We are out and we will. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Car Truth Report, for that. We really do appreciate that. That means a lot to us. So thank you guys so much for doing that. All right, guys. Well, this is Toys DIY Audio. And Justin, we're out.